ACP Church family, welcome to the No Borders podcast, where every week we will discuss the sermon and share some personal takeaways. Hey, ACP family, we are now in a sermon series called Living Christmas, where we will be looking at scripture that tells us how to live it versus just walking through the season. All right, Center Point, thank you for joining us today. Today on the podcast, I have Pastor Devon as well as Britt here, and so we are going to uh, just talk about the sermon today. Uh, we're continuing the Living Christmas series here, and it's Christmas. We're getting close. Christmas season is upon us. I hope you are done with your shopping. That's right. I wanted nope. to start <laughs> off. Well, I just have to mention before we get started, Pastor Devon decided to Bring a plate of food in here to eat in front of us. Throw as under we the do bus. This. So if you hear some you know chewing, throw it under the is bus. from him. You know, that is rude. And no one in yes, the world right. needed to know mm-hmm. that I was eating. I would but like, you know what? Since everybody you, know, yep, uh-huh. yep. everybody can t- hear, mm. hear everything. Yep. There mm. we go. You know what's rude? That's right. Mm. Is bringing that good smelling food in here. It is Edna <laughs> cook, is. y'all. It's Edna cook. All you right. cannot pass up on that. After, uh, you can't. This. Okay, yeah. Yep. She made some chicken salad back in the day. I still haven't forgot about that. <laughs> no, <laughs> sir. Have you had her 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 fried chicken and waffles? No, oh, but chicken yeah. and waffles are one of my favorite. Mm-hmm. All right, that's I'm a blast. My God. Okay, we got to get focused. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I wanted to start off with, um, since it's almost Christmas here, what is y'all's favorite Christmas movie? The that's Christmas a- Story. How is it not anybody else's favorite? That's Why are you yours? even asking that question? Okay. I'm the Christmas just- Story is not your favorite movie? It's, it's up mine. there. No. It's up there. It's not what? It's not mine. Yeah. I've got a. I'm so disappointed. I never wanted to do this again with you guys. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Interesting. Fun fact about my favorite Christmas movie. It's all. I think it's also my favorite movie of all time. And it's. You guys are going to probably be. No judgment, please. It's The Grinch with Jim Carrey. <laughs> wow. I know every word of that movie. It cracks me up. It fills me with joy. And. A good one. It, that is a good one. I can verbatim. Like, yeah. It's not my favorite, but it's a good one. It's my. It might be it's my funny. favorite movie. See, I I always time. have to. You know, Christmas Story is a classic, but I always have to um, watch the Elf. Elf, elf is elf great. Is, elf is one of mine that I. You know, the it's, Elf. It's not the. It's just Elf. Elf. But, um, <laughs> okay. You've for never me, seen that, Will Ferrell? I, oh, okay. he's a giant elf. Okay, yeah, yeah. I don't want to ruin yeah. it for anybody that wants to watch it and has never seen it before. But you won't yeah, <laughs> The giant elf? <laughs> no, he's just a human. <laughs> that's there great. Oh, anyway, that's good. But yeah, I looked it up. And so actually Christmas Story comes in at number five <laughs> oh. for this uh, website that I got. That website and is, it, it's, but the algorithm is off. Number one is uh, <sighs> It's a Wonderful Life. Ew. Okay, that's a that's a fair one. Number two is Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street. Ew. Okay, interesting. So, I think those old too. people movies. Yeah, they, those are. Are <laughs> yeah, there you go. I mean, Christmas Story is still old person movie, so you know that's for you. Did but, you watch the the sequel? That's on. Wow. <laughs> Didn't they have they have a? Yes, the sequel's out. Um, I have not watched it yet. Okay. I'm going to watch it on Christmas. Oh, mm-hmm. nice. Okay, I might good. give it a bad rating. If they just, you know what I mean? We'll I've see. heard good. I, people have been saying it's decent. <laughs> people have been saying it's okay. okay. You sound like a stickler, so I don't know. There you go. All right. So anyway, get to the sermon a little bit. Um, <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. So Pastor Tom uh, kind of went into, at the beginning, you know, the story kind of gave us a historical background a little bit about, you know, what was happening at this time, you know, with, um, you know, Jesus being born and everything. And some of the key players, you know, you got Caesar, you got Herod um, in there. And so we, the first question I want to ask you all is, um, so we all have this kind of picture of 
this scenery of what, you know, the birth of Jesus looked like. How is our image of the manger different from what Mary and Joseph actually experienced? Mm. It's a stark difference for me. Mm. I yeah. mean, when we grew up in, tra- in tradition, which we talked we talked a little bit about during the sermon, um, Pastor Tom actually hit on his family's tradition and how it changed over the years. Um, but that tradition of, it was a peaceful time. It was a, you know, all of that. Mm-hmm. And then to really understand the difference for that to be put in our faces, it makes a big difference. It was not a, it was not a peaceful time. It was a chaotic time. It was dangerous. a time, right. Mm-hmm. Chaotic, dangerous, and, but still with a, a place of expectation, still with a, still with an expectation in the air. Um, so it was, it, it's a stark difference for me. Right. Yeah. And we, we talked on the stream a little bit and I, I, I likened it to an HBO show. <laughs> like you, you got, we picture the nativity scene, right? The ones we see on our, during Christmas time, the, the cute little baby Jesus in the cute little manger with the, mm-hmm. with the hay and the animals around. And, but really it's, it, it, this is a, this is a stable with a right. pig trough that he's laying in right. with Herod trying to kill him with Caesar claiming to be God with like all this crap going on around it. it it's not just this and pardon my French crap, you know, you know, <laughs> a little strong language there, but a lot going on mm-hmm. in the, it, it, a lot more than that nativity scene we see. Right. Putting a brand new baby in that kind of environment. Right. I, I think mean, we, we protect brand new babies from, from germs. Yes. All, we, we keep we them in the hospital for two, three days. Right. 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 For two, three days, they don't see the light. Of, right. Two, the three light days is new. It used to be two or three weeks. Right. You know, you right. take your baby out now, all of a sudden it's changing. But it, mm. it is a stark difference from what we expected it to be. It is different. Mm. They were in that nasty environment mm-hmm. is where they placed baby Jesus, where, I mean, if you think about the manger scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, that that's what I was, you know, and it went into yeah, just this this dangerous scene that you know is transpiring over it, and we look back at it, and yeah, we we put like you know this very tranquil type of uh, scenery in our front yards and all that. But it's um, yeah, looking back on it, you know, it is important to think about you know the historical um, players, the the people that were involved in it and everything, and so it puts it in a different perspective when you're looking at it a little bit differently. Um, but then, so how he goes into uh, next about, you know, the the kingdom of more, how uh, the Caesars um, and everything wanted this kingdom of more in um, their time and how they wanted to expand and, um, you know, how, I guess, what is a good way that we as Christians now can help to escape that kingdom of more mentality? Because, you know, he went into, we, we replaced these little Caesars, not the pizza place. Yes. But, we, uh, <laughs> but yeah, we replace, uh, things, uh, in our life with these, you know, things that we, we want to expand or get more of and everything. How do we escape that mentality? Mm, yeah. I mean, I think because he talked about having this mindset of enough, right? So mm-hmm. I think it, it takes that you have to take account for the things that you have around you already. Take account for the blessings that are in your life. Take account. I was just telling Kelsey, uh, my wife, this today, we were talking about finances and stuff, and, and we were like, "Man, we're, it, it's so cool that we just have we've never like really struggled to like we're, we're, we we don't we, we don't have wealth, all this wealth, but we also have never struggled to make ends meet, never struggled to, to pay a bill, and because we were talking about that, and we were like, you you don't see real struggle until you've seen real struggle. You hear a story from somebody, uh, maybe that you meet, or you start talking about, hey, how's life, and then they tell you how. They don't know when the, where the next meal is going to come from. They don't know how they're going to pay the bill. And so to look at our life, and yeah, we have some stress in our life, but to look at it in perspective that way, we have more than enough compared to what some people are going through right now. Mm. And so I think we, we like to say, you know, you don't want to compare yourselves. You don't want to compare yourselves. But I think sometimes it's okay to take an account, especially when it's for, to, 
when it's to have a gratefulness in your own life, take account of where your life is at compared to what some other people are going through. And maybe those other people are still handling it better than you because mm-hmm. of the, because of the mindset that they have. I think that's very important to look at. Mm. Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I didn't really hear the question because I was chewing. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> so, so we, pre- we were prepared everybody for that. So that's yeah. okay. Uh, but yeah. So um, yeah, that kingdom of more, how do we escape from that? And you know, how, or how do we fall into that? What are some, you know, slippery slopes that we can mm. get involved with that, you know, get us into that mentality of, you know, kingdom of more. And I, I think of for myself as well, I mean, just who you're surrounding yourself with. Are you mm. surrounding yourself with people that are always buying the, the next biggest mm. car, the next, you know, newest thing? Are they doing that? Are they, you know, are you getting sucked into that lifestyle? And so, you know, one of the things I, I see is, you know, who are you surrounding yourself with? And if it's, um, you know, people that are in that kind of rat race, um, that might be something to consider. I would say definitely that, um, who you, who you're around, but your mindset, like you said, Britt, um, I, Pastor Tom gave a great example of a change. Um, when Sue came to visit his house, if you guys go back and listen to the sermon, that way you know what I'm talking about. When Sue came and visit his house, it was just a mountain of gifts. Mm. Now he talked about, um, how, you know, during the, you know, the rest of the year, you know, things were pretty normal. Right. But when Christmas came, it was just, it was an unimaginable abundance, mm. an unnecessary abundance. Mm. And they kept that, they kept, they kept trying to keep that up as they went on with life, right? But it wasn't until um, their grown kids got together and said, this is, this is kind of, this is too much. Let's, let's pull back. So sometimes it takes a different perspective. So who you change around. So that perspective changed. But I think having the true Christmas mindset, I mean, if we just take our original thought of the manger, there was nothing there. There, there were no presents. And there weren't mm. presents for years until the, I mean, you know, for what we know of, there wasn't any real presence until the wise men showed up. Mm. So if we, if we prescribe to the original, the true Christmas set, it's really about him. Mm. And if we focus on the story of him folk versus focusing on what do I get? How do I get it? You know, I think that makes the mm. change. I mean, for me personally, it's, I'm, I struggle with that, especially around this season. I see four gifts that I've paid this stupid amount for, <laughs> for, you know, but he only has four gifts or she only has four gifts. Yeah. They need to have, you know, everybody else has seven You're, or eight, you right, know, yeah. so I need to go out shop and get, grab more, you know, just, oh, they only have two, you know, I have one difficult child that I just can't think of what to get for, you know, mm-hmm. but oh man, that child is very satisfied mm. and gets and is very thankful for what he does get, mm. you know, but it's me that needs to change because I feel like I need to give him more, mm. need to make sure he has enough, something to open. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so. Yeah, uh, Pastor Tom also quoted uh, Philip Yancey in saying that the manger introduced the revolution of grace. Um, You know, thinking about that of how, you know, it went from that mindset of the, you know, more, 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 and it wasn't that they were super, he he quoted another one, I didn't jot it down, but he quote, um, you know, it wasn't that they were so threatened that they were worshiping, um, you know, somebody else. It was more that it, it, it conflicted with, what was going on. It conflicted with their, um, their overall, you know, mentality behind that. So with that revolution of grace, what do you think that Yancey is kind of referring to and why is that, that an important kind of thing to, uh, consider with that? Reed, you have the, the Yancey quote again. Um, 
So I don't have the Yancey quote on here. Let me see if I can find it. Yeah, I was going to say, um, that would be awesome to have in front of us because I would love to um, talk about that. But yeah, but this revolution of grace, and because uh, that's, the, that's the beginning of it, right? I mean, we're, mm-hmm. we're, mm-hmm. until Jesus comes, the, the, that plan for extending grace and that plan uh, of forgiveness and, and of, of Jesus eventually dying for our sins, and it doesn't start until he comes, right? I mean, that's the beginning of this grand rescue mission that, that God puts out or that God has for us. And what, what other than that is a grand gesture of grace or, or the, the revolution of grace, right? Like that, that it's the beginning of ushering in this entire period of grace that right. God's given a sense. You know what I mean? Yeah, Not the, that he wasn't giving it before, but yeah, sorry. I was No, the, 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 the one that I would kind of was referencing was the uh, Francis Schaeffer quote that he said, mm-hmm. let us not forget why Christians were killed. They weren't killed for worship, worshiping Jesus. No one cared who worshiped whom, mm. as long as they, the worshipers did not disrupt the unity of the state religion mm. centered on the worship of Caesar. So, and so, yeah, it wasn't necessarily that they were worshiping Jesus. It, it was conflicting with that state religion of worshiping Caesar. Caesar right. right. Pastor Tom made an interesting um, statement for me. It was very interesting. Um, Romans were religious people. Mm. That I didn't really, can say that. Romans are religious people. When I think about a religious person, I'm thinking about someone like myself. I worship Jesus. Mm. I worship Christ. Mm. I worship the Trinity, right? I didn't really think about religion in that aspect. So I think that's where if we open up our minds and understand that they made a whole religion from this man mm. that because he was profitable, <laughs> he made the he made the state he made he made it profitable. There was no grace really given to them except for he made them profitable, mm-hmm. right? He made the country profitable, which speaks to what we're talking about, living in the kingdom of more. That's mm-hmm. what they worshipped. Because he did that, that's why they worshipped him. Right. There was yeah. nothing more to him. Mm-hmm. Nothing at all. I'm, am, am I wrong? Am no, I wrong I mean, in my line like, of he, thinking? He's essentially fill, fulfilling the desires of the people, right? And so they're, they're lavishing their worship on right. him. Mm-hmm. The kingdom of more. And then Pastor Tom, I loved it how he... You know, when he said some is good, more is better, most is best, mm-hmm. right? We're depends on what we're what we're you know what we're dealing with. Yeah. That's what you know. For me, shoes. You know, some is good, right? <laughs> more is better, mm. but to have the most variety of shoes is you know that's best. what's best for me, right? <laughs> and I will go to links to do that, but when I pull back and think. I have enough. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. I have a, if a I great have, way of breaking down. Man, I have more than enough. I only got two feet. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and I used to travel with six or seven pair. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, and I think that's... That's a perspective thing, yes, right? That's a, it's perspective a perspective and change. a mindset thing just to say, yeah, more or most is best, but gosh, I have one pair, that's enough. Yes. You know, one is enough. That's... That's a really incredible mindset. You can yeah. and you can apply that to so many different things. So mm-hmm. many different things. You could you could say, even just like let's say I don't get gifts at all this year. I've had plenty more than enough in my life. You know, mm-hmm. like I don't need any more. So just anything is enough. Yeah. When you start thinking in that that mindset as like just anything is enough as opposed to like the most is enough. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. that really does change your perspective. It's incredible. Yeah. And so um, a quote that kind of that I, I found from uh, Yancey as well is so. 
he, he goes into, you know, referring to that revolution of graces as that, you know, you need not be Christian to build houses, feed the hungry or heal the sick. Right. There is only one thing the world cannot do. It cannot offer grace. So for the future of Christians, it depends of how we master that art of giving grace. Mm. How are we doing that? How are we extending grace in our lives? It's not about what gifts we're giving, not about the amount of money or whatever we're, we're giving. How are we extending grace in mm. our lives? And that is the most important part of it. Mm. So how are you doing that? How are you extending grace in your life? So Pastor Tom gave us some words to kind of focus on resolve and selflessness. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, a lot of times it's, you know, how are we, how are we able to do those two things? How are we, that, that's combating the kingdom of more is how, you know, our resolve and our, our, our selflessness. And so, um, you know, I looked up a, a definition of resolve and it's a, a firm determination, separate yourself from the culture of, of more. And so it's distinguishing yourself. It's, you know, that determination of, you know, what, what you're going to do. It's not just this, you're not just throwing out a, a wish. It's, it's, mm. you know, you're actually putting, you know, feet to the ground of, of, you know, what you're, what you're, uh, um, you know, what you're going to do. And so, right. Yeah. Resolve is like this, like determination on steroids, right? Like that's what I think about when I think of resolve. It's mm. like, you are saying like, <laughs> this is it. Like, this is what I'm going to do and I will do it whatever cost it takes. Like, that's what I hear when I, when I hear resolve, it's like there's determination and then there's resolve, you know? Mm. So I think that's a very powerful word to put in that. And what's the other one? It's resolve and, and selflessness. Uh -huh. Yeah. You pair those two together. Watch out. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. you, you resolve to do something, especially make it selfless, mm -hmm. man. Mm -hmm. Sometimes. Like, yeah. And so when I'm thinking about uh, resolve, it kind of came up with, you know, sometimes we, we can use prayer as like this kind of scapegoat of, you know, that right. can't really do anything for this person. For I'm going to pray for yeah. you. It's more of this wish. Wow. But if you're, if you're not praying for, you know, with the intent of God pushing you in a direction mm. based on what you're praying for, mm. then you're really, you're kind of just throwing out a wish. You're not praying with resolve. Right. You're, what not, if you're not having that determination to be able to position yourself to, you know, act or, you know, do something that is surrounding yourself with that. Two, two quick things on that. I'm so sorry. Did you oh, no, go, go ahead. ahead. So go two, ahead. Because I want to, yeah, go ahead. Imagine one, the first thing, imagine if we flipped our prayers, right? Hey, let me pray for you. And instead of, hey, help, help Pastor Devon find what he's looking for, help him get the next meal, help him get whatever. Instead, we said, Lord, how can I give him his next meal? Can you give me, can you position me in a way to get, so that's just one thing. Maybe we mm -hmm. start praying in a way of God, instead of God, help this person, God, Help me help this person. That could be totally different. Second, I heard Pastor uh, Mark Batterson say once, this was so cool. I was reading his book and he was praying with someone who needed, they, they were telling him about how they're getting this business off the ground or this, their church off the ground. They had this, this laptop, it had everything on it. Laptop got stolen. They don't know what to do. They're crushed. And he's sitting there praying with them. And as he's praying with them, he's like, he's open, he like had his eyes open. He saw his laptop and he was like, I'm literally, I just bought a new laptop. I was literally about to either sell this one or give it away. <laughs> And he just stopped praying. He said, I'm so sorry to cut this prayer. I'm not going to pray. Do you want this laptop? <laughs> and the guy was like, are you kidding? Like, and, and I was he, hoping that we would get there. Uh, yeah. I was hoping we would get there because in the conversation about prayer, hey, there are times that we do need to pray for direction. Mm. There are times that we do need to pray for direction. We need to cover that person and pray for them for direction because we may not have that. Mm. So, and even, I think it's kind of selfish on us if we 
say, well, Lord, give me what I need to feed mm, him. Okay, give me that's fair. What, that's I kind of think that's a little uh, right. just you're, personally. Because you're, you're mm-hmm. making it like, I can't do it right now, so give me more. But you probably can do it right now. I mean, <laughs> that's that's true, but maybe you can't. Okay, sure. Maybe you are that person that can't mm-hmm. um, feed that person that's mm. next to you because you don't have your wallet, you right, know, or sure. you just don't have the funds to do so. So uh, uniting in prayer with that person over that situation or that matter, that is a powerful thing. So I don't want us to miss that sure. um, because you may not be that person to be able to answer. But we do know that it, you have the capacity to fulfill that then do it, right? Mm-hmm. I think we even talked about that a, a few weeks ago on a on the podcast. As Pastor right. Tom said that, you know, that was something that if God has brought a situation to you and you have the capacity to fulfill it, just do it. Then just do it. Just don't, do it. You don't even. You don't it then becomes an excuse to say, "Well, let me pray about right. it." Right? Yeah. That yeah. then becomes That's an excuse. Good. But let's not let's not move past the power of prayer. Um, because oftentimes we mm. don't know how that situation is going That's to turn true. out. We don't know what the, what that person really needs. Uh, that person may need a meal right there, but mm. they long-term may need a job to, co- co- mm. to continue, you know, feeding themselves. Right. I mean, you know, just for understanding, we need to not just pray for us to be that God can use anyone and everyone. Yeah, absolutely. So, be so selfish and say, let me have the solution all sure. the time. Mm-hmm. Am, am I making sense? Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And I don't think I, I was, I was hopefully not coming off like to do that. Yeah, I don't want to discount Both the y'all fact. Both of y'all were coming off like that. Yeah. <laughs> both, that's what y'all both were saying. I did not want to come off as like saying like, hey, we can't pray and God can't. Then like a week later, you're not there. Okay, yeah, no, God can do what. Whatever he wants, whatever. with whoever he wants, whenever whatever he wants, however he wants, for now, I'm sure. Go, I'm going to go back and finish my I meal. Y'all go ahead and finish talking. <laughs> I was just trying to say if basically how Pastor Tom, or Pastor Devon said it way better. If you have the capacity to do it, just do it. You ain't got to pray about it. Just do it. At that point, you're postponing the miracle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you're, again, your prayer is not a wish. Okay. Mm. And so, so, <laughs> he so just made to reiterate Eric didn't back down. He's like, no, I reiterate no, what I said before. I'm going to say my prayer is not a wish. It's more, it's more, repeat than, what it's I said. more than a wish. So just, just notice that. Amen, so brother. Uh, Amen. Uh, Amen. Eat your food. There you That's go. But anyway. biscuits. Um. So, so yeah, pretty much, yeah, selflessness and resolve are kind of the the takeaways from that. Mm. Um, is there is there anything else that you can think of that helps us to prevent us from going down that that kingdom of more? Any other um, any other traits that we can can help to remind ourselves during this Christmas season? Contentment is tough, right? Because you never want to. You always want to strive to be better and be more, but when it comes to what you have in your life and, and, and the sustenance that God provides and, and the blessing in life that he provides, we have to take account for it and be grateful and just say, God, we have more than what we need. Um, contentment is such a, it's a beautiful thing, but it is a not, maybe I'm crazy. It's, it's not so easily attained, but, but no, contentment is, is, is so incredible. And I, like I said, I've said it a couple of times on here. My, favorite way and my most uh, successful way of coming back to that contentment and, and, and knowing that I have enough and that kingdom of enough is taking account for the things that you have, taking account, even if you have to name them each out, it, it, it just start talking them, saying them out loud, thanking God for them. And you, the list doesn't end and you realize, okay, yeah, I have more than enough than what I need. I would say, um, like we were talking about that quote earlier, that quote um, basically spoke to our God coming in and challenging the culture, challenging the culture of what they believed God was to be. Um, I would say, let's take a look at our perspective and challenge ourselves on what our little gods are and put them where they need to be in the place that they need to be. 
um, and live within that kingdom of grace, abandoning the kingdom of more. I like the way Pastor Tom said that, abandoning mm. the kingdom of more yeah. and live in the kingdom of enough. Mm. I would say that's, um, for me, that's how I'm going to take it. Very good. Well, thanks for joining us today. Uh, we just uh, encourage you to go back, listen to the other podcasts, and we will uh, touch base with you again after Christmas. Have a good one. Have a happy holiday.